What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Soul Therapy, the podcast, Show Me the Money 10 edition. I'm Daniel. Daytona. Today, we'll be going over the intense and brutal one-minute cipher in the second round. Please subscribe to our podcast on all streaming platforms. Also, for more contents, please go and follow our socials at soul underscore therapy. And also, please support our page on Patreon at patreon.com slash join slash soul underscore therapy. Alas, dude, the, the second round, man, probably yeah. the, more, the most brutal, I would say the most brutal of the, the rounds in the, in the program. And exactly. we can honestly say that there was a, a strong level of shock to you and I, man. You know, we, we kind of both said in the last episode that we weren't going to get fooled by the, you know, the evil editing by Ebnet with Sunny uh, <laughs> and yeah. uh, Basic. But um, damn, I mean, what, I mean, what can I say when I saw the four fails on Basic? I mean, that's just unheard of unheard of bro a former show me the money winner and to go out like this is failing so badly yeah dude it's pretty tough i um i can't help but to be so sad for him dude you know just i mean one thing i didn't really expect was how i i like last episode we talked about how i'll never think like basic is going to forget his lyrics or something right yeah he did <laughs> oh dude so that's just... yeah i'm wrong don't ever trust me again <laughs> um but god um i think it was a multiple of reasons why basic failed uh first mm. i think he was not in a in the mind, right mind state like if you look yeah, at the show dude. his condition was clearly looked- yeah, he was clearly like distressed, I think. Like, did you see before when the beat dropped, he just he was like to the judges, he's like, oh, can you guys just give me a moment? And yeah, I was just like, dude, I think the pressure got to him there. Yeah, dude, yeah like, the pressure really got to him. And another thing is, is how he switched up his style a lot. Oh, yeah. Like, um, basic is not like it. Basic is mostly like the like a rapper's rapper in a sense how exactly um, he is known for his like fast styles and if he doesn't do Mm -hmm. a fast style he's known for having a more like hard nose delivery but he was trying some new wavier stuff and Mm -hmm. granted i don't know if it's new or is some song buried deep in his deep in his discography or anything but Mm -hmm. um it really didn't fit him um if it if he had given me a complete version may i i may have said "Mm, that's kind of an interesting change of pace but he failed right so yeah i think it was a multiple like multitude of reasons he was trying to switch up his style or um do a style that he's not as familiar with and Mm. he was also under a lot of pressure right yeah that's probably the big one yeah he looked borderline demented on that and yeah it's like oh man why 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 is this happening? I mean, he's such a good dude too. Like, it's like, why would you even switch up your style? Like, your style is already amazing as it is. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to do that new trendy style. I mean, you could, but it's you're off better with your own style. Like that hard hitting boom bap. You know, just granted, straight delivery. Like, granted, um, it is a different world. Like, seven. It like, is, when yeah. was Show Me the Money for? It was like 2015. Yeah, it's like. A half a decade has passed. 
you can say exactly. five years, but it's half a decade. And hip hop being the genre it is, it changes very dramatically and dynamic. Yeah. It's a very dynamic genre. And like people, especially in the Korean scene, I think I said it, said this before, um, in a smaller market, in a way, way smaller market than the States or other Western countries, um, you staying stagnant in one style is not much of an option most of the time. You have to keep yeah. finding new audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the States, you might earn a certain respect by staying true to your colors because it will satisfy your fans. But in Korea, that's very hard to do because... Um, just to look at your own fans from the start is simply not enough. They're not enough people mm-hmm. to support you. So you have to switch up styles. That's why most Korean rappers switch up styles at least once or twice in their career. And that's in the least. Mm. Like, look at people like The Quiet. Like, yeah, true. Yeah, they have to switch styles all the time. Not saying that the States, like, you don't have to do that in the States, but I think different, yeah. the... I think you have to do it more drastically and often in Korea. Mm-hmm. And I think basic is kind of feeling the pressure of doing that. Because mm-hmm. yeah, granted, definitely. if he did something like Kanji again, mm-hmm. he wouldn't make it past this t- the other tournament. Like the judges won't do that. Like the producers changed and everything. Yeah. Like it's a different era. So I understand. It's just a shame. <laughs> Yeah, dude, it's it really extremely is. a shame. It's, dude, just his body uh, language, you know, his morale just didn't look like he was ready. You know, just like his, like you, we mentioned, like this, his condition was like in poor shape yeah. and just, he just wasn't in the right mental state. It's just, and him, it was crazy to even think about him forgetting his lyrics two times, let alone once was enough, but like twice, dude. Yeah, that was a shame. I mean, that was damn. Like, um, how do you have to say this? Um, one thing that Basic isn't is he's not a versatile artist. He really isn't. Mm. Um, that's not taking away from him. That's just who he is. Of course, plenty of rappers are not versatile, and they are great at their craft. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I just wish he had more morale because I mean, yeah. he has put out. He has a good body of work. He has a solid yeah, body does, of work. Yeah. And he was rapping on YouTube all the time anyway. Like, exactly. I think it has more to do with like how he was taking care of his mental state. Mm. Um, so that's a shame. But, well, it happened. Maybe exactly. we'll get another, like, um, what, what do you call it? Um, another o- opportunity. Yeah, maybe. But we'll see down the road. But there's yeah. so many good contestants on this show, so yeah, dude. I'm not sure. Dude, yeah. you know who else was freaking good? Mm. Taber. Mm. Like what? Taber was great. The, like what in the world was he? Like I just I was watching the the highlights He's from and then. Yeah. I was and I the whole judges even the judges were looking at each other like, mm. what are we witnessing? Like this is um, a first, like a first experimental artist. For I would say. people who don't know, Taber is uh, kind of a rookie, I think. Yeah. Not actually a rookie, but a rookie. But he is in You Will Know, which mm-hmm. is a record by record label by Dean, headed by Dean. So mm-hmm. it is, right? You yeah. Will Know is yeah, yep. yeah, led by Dean. So um, I kind of expected him to be 
of course, granted, I know his work and mm-hmm. he is, he makes very weird, wonky kind of R&B music. Extremely weird. Like his voice is not exactly something experimental, but this production choices he uses and like music videos and stuff like that. He does mm-hmm. some really like not fucked up, but kind of warped out stuff. Mm. But granted, this is showing the money. I thought he would do something way more um, commercial. Yeah, he didn't. And I think that made a lot of sense. Um, like, um, one of the producers on the show, which is Yomta, is mm-hmm. um, he's going straight only for a mainstream style. He really is. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Like, yeah, yeah. If you look at his like style and what he's trying to do, what he's trying to come like achieve through the show is to make hits. Yeah, it's all about and, money for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Um, granted, um, I think his music is kind of. Um, underrated in that sense but yeah i digress we're not talking about him on this sh- on this mm-hmm. episode and then he had all this thing about like um there was an interview within the um interview where he's saying like why are these rappers trying to earn money but making experimental stuff mm. and then he's saying like because it usually doesn't work if you were truly experimental you wouldn't be on an audition show that much but then he listens to Tabber shit and like, yeah, okay, that's respectable. That's actually yeah, exactly. art. Yeah. Just um, one thing you have to keep in mind is that um, I know like experimentalism, I'm a big fan of it. I, I like unconventional stuff Same better here, yeah. than the mainstream stuff as, mm-hmm. a, as, a, as a person. But one thing you have to realize is that just being experimental isn't enough. Like you need to have yeah. some semblance of being able to make music. Like just shouting on a bunch of noise rap beats won't get you anywhere. There you is art balance. to that shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. like there's a reason like groups like Death Grips and JPEG Mafia are being so critically high acclaimed, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think Tabor is one of those people that are in the Korean scene that's making experimental music that has some sort of like at least some sort of commercial appeal. Yeah, at you least can definitely some tell, yeah. sort of yeah. So it's great to see that. Um, Tabor has a great voice. His mm-hmm. well, um, for sure, I, yeah. yeah. He doesn't have a studio album yet, but his EP was enough to convince me like he's someone to watch. Oh yeah, so that was great. So yeah. and oh yeah, that's image about T um Tabard. Dude, B O. I mean, we can't forget about B O, right? Mm-hmm. He's what, a new Weinstein. What do you think about B O? Oh, He's the new Weinstein. Granted, but, um, but damn um, that that yeah. that that little freestyle that he showed, dude. I I'm mm. digging it, dude. I really want mm. that as a actual song. Hopefully, he drops it as an actual song. But uh, I think it might be somewhere actually, somewhere on SoundCloud. I'm not sure. Um. I liked him. I liked him a lot, actually, mm-hmm. because a lot of these singing rappers are always off key. I mean, yeah, like, yeah, like don't sing, bro. You're a terrible singer. Like they think <laughs> they think they're like great singers, but I mean, yeah, um, decent, there's nothing but... wrong with auto tune, um, mm-hmm, but for sure, it becomes a problem when your auto tune self and your non auto tune self is so dramatically different. Like you yeah. need to still be on key at some sort of point to make sure that auto tune works. If you look at the greats like Travis Scott, actually Travis yeah. Scott is kind of a deception, but um, even Future, like yeah. if you look oh, at yeah. Future's life performances, the dude has auto tune in his throat. Like seriously, mm. you can see why it works for them. Like you have like auto tune is a tool. It is it not is. something it really that is, yeah. it is not something that is going to sing for you. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about Po is that he held his key like he yeah. he he can actually he has a great voice he knows mm-hmm. how to utilize it and exactly. he's on he's on pitch yeah 
it, I, it sounds crazy, but being on pitch is actually a rarity. It so, is. It really is, especially yeah. in a live performance like that. I mean, I, I'm not shitting on hip hop as a culture, but I think it has to do with being a hip hopper in a sense, mm-hmm. because hip hops you don't have necessary. You don't necessarily have to be a great singer to do hip hop. Yeah. So the bar is lower in a exactly. sense when it comes to vocal abilities. Mm-hmm. Although other kinds of vocal abilities are important, staying on pitch isn't actually one of them. So you have a lot of motherfuckers who can't front a rock band, who cannot be a singer-songwriter, but still want to do music, and you end up in hip-hop. And then mm-hmm. we have to deal with that shit. So yeah. it's great to see people like Beale, especially um, his lyrics were not that bad either. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't. It wasn't something like mind-blowingly, like... Um, it's, like I think it's about like his personal story. Yeah, it wasn't like literature four hundred one or anything, mm-hmm. but um, definitely it was a it was a solid one. Yeah, it wasn't corny. Usually, no. when they try to be like talk something a little bit abstract, or like try to be kind of um, literature savvy, a lot of times it's super corny, and I can't fucking listen to that shit. But he knows how to like um, he knows how to kind of you know balance it out mm, for yeah, sure. it, it made a lot of sense it was singing rap that actually made sense so yeah. it was good to see dude chiguin also killed it oh chiguin my goodness is in, yeah he's in kind of like what, what's that dragon ball thing um god i'm so stupid um he's on a know, roll like that that power up thing um <laughs> god i'm so terrible at this anyway like yeah, he's, he's on a roll dude yeah, he. I think he kind of like. I think he's sick of being left behind in the rhythm power roster. No, I, I, I feel for him, dude. He's always the outcast of the group. Yeah, and he really switched up his style. Granted, I kind Oof. of like his older stuff better, but oh, okay. I mean, there are like I don't go for Chiguin to like get like furious or like. Oh, because that in, that was so intense. Yeah. This round. Yeah, and he was like, "Yeah, he's fucking pissed." I think he looks kind of pissed, which and is I great. Know, and I know mm. Rhythm Power loves that um, mm. grime and that drill style. So yeah, it, it really fits them. That yeah, that little freestyle he gave. That's a that's a great track. I think um, it's Not actually on Rhythm Power's EP called Asprass. Yeah. Yeah um asbrass is the name of the producer and yeah. i think they actually named a track after him um mm-hmm. mm, one thing i like about it though is like i like his older style better but since he's going down this lane i don't think he'll make stupid mistakes no he, like, like he won't said, forget his lyrics i don't think he'll like forget his lyrics or something no. because he seems kind of really focused if exactly that, if he was like more of the manic kind of character back in the mm-hmm. days, I think he's super hyper focused this time, and it's not like his rap skills went anywhere. So, yeah, dude, he this he destroyed that round. I I'd mean, rather he be focused and not forgetting his lyrics than be manic and forgetting his lyrics. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And dude, we must go to Kunta, man. I mean, your yeah. guy right there, dude, Kunta. Hmm. He is, dude. I'm telling you, it's. He, the dude is a mass massive potential. Kunta is one of a kind, man. I told I, you, I, motherfuckers. <laughs> hey, dude, I 
I told you. I stand you, by you, dude. I stand, that I stand was, with you on that. That is the dude to watch for. I know Kunta <sighs> is not very well-known outside of the Korean circle, but he's a fucking genius. He needs to be more well-known. I just think, like, with, when they had that conversation with Yumta, I, I can yeah. definitely feel Yumta's um, frustration. anger. Yeah, frustration and that stress. I, like, I definitely can feel it, yeah. Um... He's like, like when it comes to music, he's a genius. Um, there's even oh, an yeah. interview with Palo Alto that is going around on YouTube where um, Palo Alto just straight up says like he's a genius. Like if you record mm. with him, your life changes, mm. stuff like that. And I get what Yamta's saying. Like, yeah. um, I don't want to do this necessarily because I'm not like 20 years friends with Kunta like Yamta is. And I think any person regarding like tendencies of how they process things and how to how they interact with other people shouldn't necessarily be an object of ridicule. And especially if it's something like um, if it's not illegal or toxic, of course, because Kunta's problem is not that he is toxic. Uh Kunta's problem is more like he is um, his kind of communication style kinds of makes him vulnerable to toxic people. Mm. (laughs) It's the other way around. So I don't necessarily want to shit on him, um, but the guy has a the guy has a kind of a cringy sense of humor and stuff like that. Oh yeah, and uh-huh. he he's a little bit awkward at picking up social cues, I think. And yeah. I think that was Yomta, what Yomta was talking about. No, yeah, I definitely feel mm. for Yomta. Just he's like, do you remember when mm. the performance was over and Kunto was like, "Hey, before I go, can I like experience the." Of going, yeah, and it was like, why, are, why, why can't you read the fucking room, bro? Like, like, like why? And, and the Yomta the right away was just like, dude, what are you doing, man? Yeah, stop that shit. Like, um, so I can see uh, why Yomta's this always is frustrated. Actually, this is actually a very potent conversation. Like, uh, we always have this kind of conversations about mm-hmm. how it's not only about the music anymore. It's about exactly. your whole persona. Uh-huh. Like, it's how... It's not like back in the days, in the 90s or the 2000s, like, even if you have an interview, it was rarely on live shows or uh-huh. it was heavily doctored, like, in a sense. In a good sense. Like, yeah. you could filter the shit out. And starting from, like, the late 2000s, um, as the internet really rose to, like, prominence and people were more familiar with... um videos rather than the audio Mm -hmm. as the focus shifted to the video every aspect of you is going to be kind of um scrutinized yeah like how you wear things um Mm -hmm. how you conduct yourself and stuff like that and granted um i don't think you have to give a fuck about all of it Mm -hmm. because that kind of um like scrutiny kind of um it becomes a very toxic environment in which you have to conform yourself to society. Yeah, It's true. But one thing that is also true is that you need to learn how to navigate through that shit. For example, if you're not into fashion, you need to come up with something else. Mm -hmm. If you're a good musician, if you're a terrible interview, you have to make it up into your music and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Problem is, as I just said, Korea is a very small country. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, which means that this is a hyper-competitive place. The bar is insanely high, not just for celebrities, but anyone who's living here. Yeah. So it means that probably what you are doing, someone else can do as all, do also. Yeah. So, and that applies, again, to celebrity culture as well. Your, your music being good is not simply enough. 
Mm-hmm. I fucking hate it. I think it's unjust. I think it's unfair, but <laughs> no, there's no way to change this, you know? Yeah. Um, because this is not a problem of the establishment. When it comes to standards in art, it's usually a problem of the masses. Mm-hmm. How are you going to run the insight to revolution against the masses? Mm-hmm. That's impossible, right? Yeah. By definition, a revolution needs to be fueled by the masses. But how how the fuck are you going to revolt against the masses? Yeah. So, um, I think Kunta has to switch his act up. Um, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, even the dude, the like, I I don't think there's a problem with his fashion either. Like his drip. I think it's just his the way he acts. I um, think that's just yeah. it. I mean, his drip, even his fucking posture and stuff like that, his body language is not that bad either. Like, mm-hmm. um, but every time he opens his mouth, <laughs> it, that's <laughs> God, the thing. I don't want to say this. Damn. Um, like you get concerned. You, you, you get the sweats like, oh my goodness. Like, what is he going to say this, now? In an ideal world, this wouldn't mm-hmm. matter. Fuck. Oh, yeah, even sure. if it was Korea, if it wasn't Korea, this wouldn't have mattered. If it, if he was an artist in a bigger country, this wouldn't have fucking mattered. Mm-hmm. If he was a part of an industry that was bigger, this wouldn't have fucking mattered. But, but he is. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and it's I mean, so freaking frustrating. But yeah. because this is everything I hate about this. The fact that I have to say this is everything I hate about this country. Mm. Shout out to Kunta. Um, he did a great job. Just there's no way to explain his performance. Yeah. Because it was fucking great. You just have to watch it. But he. I get what Yamta's saying, and I hope uh-huh. Kunta. While in my, while I won't say that he has to like completely change his identity or something, I hope uh-huh. he can kind of learn things as he's competing with other of his peers. Exactly. Yeah. So, props to Kunta. He's gonna win this competition. Let's go. Yeah, dude. I I, I agree. Um, I hope nothing but the best for Kunta. Hopefully, he um mm. begins to learn and understands the, you know, the importance and the the mechanics of the mechanics. entertainment exactly yeah because it's his first time being on like a real program so yeah exactly yeah, so, so hopefully he gets his act together mm. and i'm super excited i'm with you man i think he's gonna go deep into the season yeah. so yeah that's all the time we have for today but please do comment and let us know who you think had a standout performance as usual please subscribe to our podcast on all platforms and also follow our social media page at soul underscore therapy thank you guys so much and see you guys next time Peace. See you guys next time. Peace.